Keep in mind that Paul is writing this letter from the maritime prison in Rome. He's in a pit. The only way out is through a hole in the ceiling. And uh, once a day they they lower a pitcher with water and they throw a piece of bread down in it. And uh, he has friends who have come to visit him. And they will allow him. They will allow him to have visitors. So they put a rope around the prisoners under their arms and they let them down in the hole and then they pull the rope back up. When the visitors get ready to leave, then they let the rope down and they pull it up. And if it happens to be the Apostle Paul on the rope, they just go ahead and cut off his head and let the body drop back down in the hole. But uh, Paul's not trying to escape. He is waiting to appeal to Caesar and uh, share with Caesar uh, why he as a Roman citizen has been imprisoned for false accusations under the Jews. And uh, Paul says that uh, there are a number of people who, because of his bonds in Christ, because he is a prisoner, have gained confidence in sharing the gospel. And so uh, we looked the other night at uh, verse 12, and we'll start there. We're going to move past that tonight. But verse 12 says, But I would you should understand, brother, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather under the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some, indeed, preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding in every way, whether in pretense Or in truth, Christ is preached. And I therein do rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I wot not, I know not. For I am in a strait betwixt the two. You know, between a rock and a hard place. A fork in the road. I have a desire to to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Christ Jesus for me by my coming to you again. We'll pause there. Paul is not a secret disciple. Okay. This young man, the story is told that uh, 
he got saved as a teenager, and one summer he got a job in a logging in a lumber camp, logging camp in Oregon, and uh, his youth group prayed for him the whole time he was gone, and uh, he comes back, and at, in the fall, get ready to start school again. And they and they began to question him and say, "Man, how was it?" And he talked about how hard it was chopping down trees with an axe. And uh, so you know, it wasn't recently, or it would have been a chainsaw. <laughs> but uh, he talked about you know trimming the trees and snaking them out of the woods and all that. And and they said, uh, "How did the uh, how did the other lumberjacks react when they found out you were a Christian?" And he said, "Oh, nobody ever found out." Like that was the way it was supposed to be. And I, I often think, I, do people know that I'm a Christian? Do people know that you're a Christian? Do, do we tell them? Do our lives indicate that we are? Can they tell by looking? I can spot a Pentecostal woman at Walmart anytime. You know? I can tell if a woman is a uh, Amish or Mennonite, both of which are religions that came out of the same group of believers that Baptists did. Okay, they have different methods, but the same basic doctrinal belief. And uh, and so we, you say, how can you tell who they are? Well. Pentecostal women wear their hair tied up. Okay? They don't cut their hair. So the only way to wear it is either hanging way, way down or tied up in a bun on the back of their head. And you always see them in dresses with hemlines that are below their knees. Okay? Does that make them more spiritual? No, but it sure identifies them, doesn't it? Amish women. Never go out without a hat on their head. Mennonite. Never go out without some kind of a cloth on top of their head. They wear long dresses. Does that make them more spiritual? No. But it sure identifies them, doesn't it? So when people see me, and when people see you, do your attitudes, actions, and appearance identify you as a follower of Christ, a follower of Jesus? Okay? Would people call you a Christian because of the way you talk, act, and look? Every once in a while you'll be in Walmart and you'll find somebody who has... <coughs> uh, Somebody just stepped on their last nerve. Usually it's after they've waited in checkout line for a long, long time. And it doesn't have to be Walmart. It can be any store. And you'll hear them going off on somebody, you know. It never enters my mind, oh, that's a believer. <laughs> that's a fellow Christian. That thought never crosses my mind. Why? Because I'm not sure Christians ought to act like that. I don't find any justification for that in Scripture. A soft answer turneth away wrath, the scripture says. Okay? Let the words of my mouth, the, uh, let the words of my mouth and the 
meditation, couldn't think of the word meditation, meditation in my heart, be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. Psalm 114, my strength and my redeemer, yes. Psalm 14 or 19, I never can remember which. I think it's 1914, as a matter of fact. But, uh, but that, I mean, the Word of God ought to teach us what identifies us. And Paul says that my bonds in Christ, the fact that I'm in prison, are manifest in all the palace. In fact, several people in Caesar's family got saved as a result of Paul's ministry from this prison. Is that cool? A number of the servants in Caesar's family got saved as a result of Paul's ministry. And in all other places, everybody in Rome, in Rome knew that there was a Jew, a, a rabbi, who was a follower of Jesus who was in pr- prison, up at the Maritime Prison. And Paul said, many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. I'm trying to think, when's the last time I heard about a a follower of Jesus where it made the news? Tim Tebow, I don't think he was the last one, but Tim Tebow, you know, the quarterback for the Denver Cowboys, Denver Broncos, there's something horsey, uh, you know, he he made a splash with his testimony. Uh, Roger Wilson, the quarterback for the uh, Seattle Seahawks, clear, clear testimony. Uh, he and four other guys, three other guys on their team, are uh, are very dedicated followers of Jesus. The media doesn't make a big deal out of it because that's not the direction they're going. But uh, but their testimonies are readily available, and I I rejoice in that. But the last thing I heard was about a man who had an incredible ministry a number of years ago, used Bible principles to to reach people's hearts and help them to be able to see just beyond what's happening in the here and now and see how God is working and how what God's trying to do and, and how God wants to, to use them down the road. And... Uh, he got arrested on uh, sexual immorality charges. Okay. Wow. So what are you saying, Brother Casey? I'm saying that we better pray for each other. And we better be constantly alert and aware. Because Satan would like to destroy you and your testimony and your family and this church. Okay? We've seen God bless incredibly the last three and a half years. Haven't we? Yeah. From 23 to 111. 
92 last Sunday. From offerings of uh, Big Sunday, $380 to an offering of 24.55 last Sunday. By the way, there's always a decimal point after those last, in front of those last two numbers. Okay, you, it, you can't see it, but it's supposed to be there. Okay, because we we haven't yet had a $200,000 offering. <clears throat> Not that we wouldn't, but we'd take it. Yeah, we'll take whatever God wants to give us. But uh, at any rate, uh, God is blessed. Seen the baptistry, uh, the water stirred as people be, be be obedient to the Lord. We have seen folks walk the aisle for salvation. A lot of folks get saved and then come and uh, share that they have followed Christ as Savior. A number of families come and join the church and work with us. God has blessed, and we it's, it's almost like we've had this umbrella of protection over us and you know what that's a result of that's a result of prayer okay the angels who are given charge over us are strengthened by our prayers for God's protection and our prayers for one another and when we quit praying they are limited in what they can do I don't know why that is. I don't know that's why God worked it out that way. I just know that that's what happens. And at one time we would have eight, nine men in prayer meeting on Sunday evening at five thirty, and now we last Sunday we had three. Sunday before that we had two, and uh, it's been a long time since we saw anybody walk the aisle for salvation. We have people walk the aisle almost every Sunday, and I rejoice in that because the Holy Spirit's still working in hearts. But uh, isn't anybody saved in a while? We have uh, two folks in our church that I know they're saved that know they need to be baptized, and they have not yielded to that yet. And so I'm continuing to pray for them. That's something you can pray about. But it's the prayers of God's people. The prayers of God's people. The Apostle Paul, in writing to the churches, did not say preach without ceasing. He said pray without ceasing. And he didn't say share prayer requests without uh, evermore. He said rejoice evermore. So give God glory and pray without ceasing. And give thanks in everything, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. God's will. Wow. Paul says, Many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bond, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and, and some also of goodwill. The one, those preaching Christ uh, out of envy and strife, are doing it, they're preaching Christ of contention, uh, trying to add affliction to my bonds. Can you imagine somebody preaching the gospel so that Paul will suffer more? No, but you have to understand he's Jewish. And the Jewish uh, rabbis especially uh, have uh, difficulty with envy. Okay, 
the big, the big scandal in Israel right now, and for the last week and a half, has been that uh, one of the rabbis paid apparently hundreds of thousands of dollars in bribes to some of the government ministers and government officials, and uh, boom, it has blown up in their faces. And uh, you say, why would he do that? Well, because he wanted to be the chief rabbi over Israel. They do have a chief rabbi, and uh, he wanted to be it. And <laughs> you say, wow, okay. So that's kind of what Paul's talking about here. I, I understand it better now that I know what's that is still going on. But uh, Paul said a lot of them, they're preaching out of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. And Paul says, I don't care which way they preach, as long as they're preaching Christ crucified, buried, and risen. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation, my deliverance from prison, actually is what he's saying. Through your prayer, not talking about his salvation from sin, he's talking about his salvation from bondage, through your prayer, and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Pretty sweet, huh? We'll pause there, because it's going to take me a little while to preach about whether I live or whether I die. I want God's will. I want God to be glorified. Okay? Not just at church, but at home. Woo! Sometimes God has not always been glorified in my life at home. And I'm grateful that he allowed me to live long enough to know that to learn that me being angry really has not helped glorify him in my home. You say, Brother Casey, why would you get angry at home? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I do. And I'll tell if you won't tell that I told. Okay? My wife goes to bed with cold feet. When she doesn't put them over on me to warm them up, she goes to bed with socks on to keep her feet warm. Okay, not a problem. She never wakes up in the morning with socks on. Okay? So when I change the sheets, there's always six, eight pairs of socks in the sheets at the foot of the bed. And I have asked her, Numerous times not to do that. And then for a while, oh, I just, why does she do this? And uh, Holy Spirit showed me one time, what difference does it make why she does it? It gives you a chance to show that you love her. So I gather up all the socks, put them in dirty clothes, take them downstairs, put them in the washer, wash them, bring them back up. Pour them out on her side of the bed and say, here's your socks. <laughs> and then later that night, go back in and match, match them and fold them and put them in her drawer. Because <laughs> she didn't do it. But truth is, wow. 
The only time we really get angry is when we think our rights have been violated. And I don't have any rights. I'm a servant of the king. A servant of the king. And I don't have a right to tell the king what I want and why I want it that way. No, I'm just a servant. I want God to be glorified in my life. Whether by my life or by my death, I want him glorified in my body. Let's bow together in prayer. Father, we sure love you. First John 5 tells us that we love you because you first loved us. Dear Lord, I rejoice in that. I ask you to dismiss us with your love. Dear Lord, take your word and use it in our hearts. Help us to be obedient to you so that the whole world will know that there are followers of Jesus in our home, in our church, in our community. And folks will be drawn to your son. May we lift him up that men might be drawn unto him. We pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.